It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Yes, they are, and that's why we're here in Dallas at CPAC 2022. Uh, at the beautiful uh, Hilton Anatole Hotel. Boy, it's really pretty here. And it's always nice to be at CPAC because so many like-minded people gather and it's getting so hostile in our country that it's wonderful to be with people who are respectful, who live their country, and are really about the business of trying to save it. We are like-minded in that way. And I appreciate so much you tuning in. You're in for a treat today. We have some great guests and I'm gonna jump right in because we have um, one of my favorite people. He doesn't know that, but he is. <laughs> Well, I'm going to give you a clue. He's got a tie on that has, you know, that horrible image of with the little red things like this ball with red pins all over it that represents COVID. That's his tie. And the reason that's his tie is because his name is Dr. Robert Malone. Good morning, Dr. Malone. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> I think that tie is a stitch. I, this <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> you know what? I know I get I'm in your email list, so I get your your da your uh, I daily or weekly emails that are so funny. You, you got a great sense of humor. You have to have one, right? Yeah, we do. And and uh, for full disclosure, Jill, Dr. Jill Glasspool Malone is the one that puts out the Friday funnies oh. <laughs> and the Sunday strip. And we're now locked into that. We started doing that, and the viewers, the readers, wanted it so badly that we have to do it now every Friday <laughs> or Sunday, or we get all kinds of blowback. And they are hilarious. <laughs> they are hilarious. Well, let me just say, people might say, oh, no, wait, I think I know, but here we go. Dr. Malone is... Uh, the man who discovered the in vitro and in vivo RNA transfection, and he's the inventor of the mRNA vaccines, which uh, caused him to re you know, get some awards for this. He did that when he was at the Salk Institute in 1988. He is the inventor of DNA vaccines, and so he received his medical training at Northwestern. I didn't know that. We're Chicagoans. Yeah. Chicago is my, is my town. So Northwestern. Before Lori Lightfoot, it was my town. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy your time in Chicago? Chicago's an interesting city. I like to say it's, I'm sure it's a great town if you have money. If you're a poor <laughs> student, not so much. Uh, we lived, it was, I loved the music, loved the jazz, yeah, loved the architecture, oh. loved the uh, museums. Uh, natural history is fantastic. Uh, didn't not so nice being poor, not so nice riding the L up to the upper end of Lincoln Park and dealing with the, uh, the, the homeless that are there, and, yeah. you know, that's just the way it is in big Great cities. Great education, though, Northwestern, right? It was yeah. a fantastic clinical education, particularly. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's jump right in, because uh, Dr. Malone has distinguished himself as, uh, even though he invented the RNA, uh, mRNA vaccines, that's what COVID was. That's what the COVID vaccine is. And um, I don't want us to get off on a tangent. I have a lot of questions for you, but just simply put, do you ever regret inventing the mRNA vaccines? Do you ever no, regret? Um, it's uh, so the the um, history of the atomic bomb is often cited as an example, and this is nothing like that. But um, 
technology, once it's set free, will be weaponized if there's an opportunity to weaponize it in all kinds of ways. And the people that created it, you can't you can't look back and beat yourself up because other people um, bypass normal ethical considerations or or choose to exploit something for for uh, weapon purposes. Uh, or or whatever um, financial purposes. It's just the nature of tech, and I don't beat myself up over it. My audience knows a lot about COVID. They've been listening to me harp on it because it just makes me angry. The whole subject. So they're not newbies to the, to the basic information. But I want to ask you some some questions about. Do you now think that China intentionally leaked that from the lab and infected uh, America and the West? So there's a real active discussion, and you may know that I travel quite a bit, including to Europe. I'm going to be going to Ireland shortly. Uh, and there is a large community and some data supporting the possibility even that this is a fully American product. There is no question that uh, there was American scientists in, and funding involved in the creation oh, of this absolutely. pathogen. Yes. And um, in terms of... Of, and Fauci, was it, with Fauci's fingerprints all over it, right? Fauci and Defense Hurt Reduction Agency. Okay. Uh, and um, what, what, there's no way for me, and I don't think anybody, to tease apart whether this was an unintentional or okay. an intentional lab leak. All right. Uh, but, but I think that, that uh, the thesis that's now being re-promoted, yeah. that this was a naturally occurring <laughs> yeah, there was a science paper that we could uh, okay. we could go into the nuance, yeah. and this was pushed out by Axios and others oh, yes, as right. clear evidence that this was uh, naturally occurring, and that's just smoke just and mirrors. Just bogus. No, I mean, I, I mean, I'm well, okay. So we'll just leave it with that because I want to move on. So recently, I read all of this information about how those videos that scared us to death out of China, those images of people falling We're in all the streets, propaganda. That's what I was going to ask you. That I would. That's. I had no idea. That was really shocking. And to apparently, me. Deborah Burke still has no idea that that's the case. And for me, that's even more shocking. The mm -hmm. fact that the the CCP pushed uh, propaganda, um, literally fear porn, uh, directly into Western media and into Western uh, decision making at the level of the vice president's special task force is stunning. And the fact, in my mind, having some interface with the intelligence community, that Deborah Burks would accept this and not cross-check with the intelligence community to verify whether or not this was propaganda is even more shocking. It is shocking. You know, Dr. Malone, you probably figured this out, but I, I've been in D.C. for a long time. And the, the, the really frightening thing is that that's not untypical. I, for the for Supreme Court judges, for people sitting in Congress, for people that, that are, are rulers now, they are leaders, they are rulers, they're so uninformed. They get the information just like the rest of the population from the wrong sources, and they, are, they just don't know what they don't know, even on COVID. So I'm not surprised that that's her. That's the way it is in D.C. It's another world, and it's this frightening world, and sometimes I think that it would be better for the country if it just sank to the bottom of the ocean. I'm not asking them to die. It's just that we'd be better off without them. All that Return said. to the swamp. Yeah, really. <laughs> so Deborah Burks and her betrayal, especially of Scott Atlas and especially of the president, just a word about that. Did you work with her? I, I can't recall if they ever brought you in for anything official, did mm -hmm. they? Nope. 
Uh, my interface has all been through DITRA and through the intelligence community. Okay. And it's, and it's all third, fourth tier. Um, so, yeah, I've never been brought in as a uh, consultant to the White House. Because you're so underqualified, right? Uh, well, well, what yeah. did they say about you that you were some, they dismissed your comments as some fringe, like, what? I forgot what they said about you guys. There yeah, some, I, the, the like defamation you. has been nonstop, you know, yeah. Atlantic, Rolling Stone, right. uh, Daily Beast, uh, um, New York Times, and Washington Post is a serial offender. Uh, you know, of Washington course. Post really is Pravda on the Potomac. It's true. Well, the New York Times is Pravda, you know, on Manhattan. But, um, all right, so now about the deaths uh, occurring because of COVID. You know, we talk, I've talked a lot about what was happening during COVID and hospitals being paid to, you know, designate that people were COVID patients when they weren't, all of it. But uh, now that we're past the crisis, people are still dying. Are they not? And and I guess uh, the the issue is that these vaccines have broken down immunity. So are we going to see, uh, are we going to continue to see people dying that have taken this uh, COVID shot? Uh, the straight answer is yes. And you're correct. The data, the data from the United States is so contaminated by these variables of over-reporting and, and uh, perverse financial incentives mm-hmm. and the CDC's data editing, et cetera, et cetera, that the, the American data is just a hot mess. It's unreliable. Yes. You can't use it. But data from all over the world is demonstrated now from governments that, including the Israeli government um, and uh, the U.K. government, that in uh, in from some parts of Canada uh, that have clean data, the people that are dying at highest frequency right now and being hospitalized are those that have multiple inoculations. So this is like three or four different doses, and I, I reserve calling this a vaccine. Let's just call no. it inoculations uh, because it's not protective no. uh, against infection. It's not protective against... Now we, they, they're modified... We can use DC talk here. Their <laughs> modified limited hangout has been that it protects against disease, but the data from all over the world is now showing the people that are having the more severe disease are being hospitalized and are dying are the ones that are highly inoculated. And um, the, the, that's not very popular. And the paradox is why are they, they've already purchased, I think it's well over $4 billion of vaccine that is not gonna be clinically tested, is gonna become, is gonna be manufactured as having more than one different spike protein in it. Okay, whether it's, you know, whatever the uh, source is, the mRNA, and uh, it is almost perfectly designed to elicit this this clearly documented phenomena of immune imprinting, which is part of what's driving this phenomena of people being unate that are multiply inoculated, not being able to fight off the virus and being infectious for longer periods of time, higher risk for infecting others, et cetera, et cetera. And there's my understanding, Dr. Malone. It- I'm asking, I guess, a statement, but a question, that there's no turning back. You can't turn that around. I mean, the, the vaccine is like permanent. The, the, the replacement of your natural immune system is just a done deal. Is that right? So that's the, to, we have to kind of be fair and balanced here okay. in, in yeah, this please. media landscape that we're, we're subjected to. And we have to say, we don't know. We, we, there is the possibility 
that this is irreversible. There's also the possibility that we might see a gradual recovery. But I think it's a really fair bet that if you continue to take these inoculations, it will continue to drive immune imprinting. It will continue to suppress your T-cell response. You will continue to be at higher risk for reactivation of latent DNA viruses. And one of the big uglies that's sitting in the back is the emerging data suggesting that uh, cancer risk may be increased by these multiple inoculations. And then there is the, the big kahuna that nobody wants to talk about, which is the reproductive risks. Yes, I've been reading about that, all the, the stillbirths and the, the, you know, all the pregnancy problems. And I have talked about that, but I want to, we're almost out of time. And I want to talk about the latest thing that they want to scare us to death, which, which, which is monkeypox. I have talked about it on my show, but you're the expert. What's going on with this? We just have about five minutes. So briefly, there are so many people that are so frightened right now. They are bombarded by the term, and it's an accepted psychological term, fear porn. Yes. This constant bombardment of fear, which is a business model for media, for CNN, it pumps up their clicks and their views. And even from the outset, CNN, with the initial report from Jake Tapper, used images of smallpox to frighten people saying that this is monkeypox. It's clearly not. Monkeypox is not lethal, except in rare instances. And it's they not seem lethal. To be, That's surprising. They, yeah. they seem to be in... Whoa, uh, we just got audio. Um, the the, the um, monkeypox, to the extent that it's lethal, it seems to be happening in patients who have AIDS. So people that are immunocompromised. All right, so there's the bumper. This, I'm sorry, we're having audio problems this morning, Dr. Malone, but will you join me again by phone when I'm back in the studio? <laughs> but monkeypox is primarily still a disease of the, the, the gay, transgender people that are having, gay men are having lots of sex. Well, well I think we're, the acceptable term is men who have sex with men. I think yeah. we can use that language. Okay, thank you for, yes, we have to be correct. I'm not too correct. I'm not too politically correct. <laughs> But it's not something people should fear. That's the bottom line. If, if right? you're not, if you don't have AIDS and you're not in contact, close contact, intimate contact with people that have this virus, and the vast majority of the people that have this virus are men who have sex with men. Okay, Doctor Robert Malone, you're you're a hero to all of us, and just thank you so much. I hope you and your five wife are doing well. That was going to be my next question, but we'll have to tune in for that answer on another day. Sandy Reels in the morning on AFR Talk. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our healthcare. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly healthcare costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray. 
a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Rich Glick, chairman of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. His office regulates the transmission and sale of electricity and natural gas in interstate commerce. Colossians 3.23 reminds us of the importance of good hard work. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Rich Glick as he oversees the movement of our nation's energy supplies. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country. And we are joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. We still don't know who the Republican nominee for governor is going to be in Arizona. Election officials say it may take days. Former TV anchor Carrie Lake has already declared victory. She has a slight lead over her opponent, Trump fundraiser Karen Taylor Robeson. Officially, though, no projected winner. Meanwhile, election workers in Pinal County say hundreds of people may have been denied the right to vote. Some 63,000 erroneous ballots were sent to voters prior to the election. Pinal, by the way, the state's third most populous county, they're still counting votes in Maricopa County. This is simply unacceptable, America. The Arizona Secretary of State, along with all local election leaders, ought to be removed from their jobs. It's imperative we have fair and free elections. Every vote must count. Simply put, we're the United States of America, not a third world country. Get it together, Arizona. I'm Todd Stearns. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Less than an hour ago, another batch of ballots dropped. And it was decisive. The Associated Press has now named Carrie Lake the winner and the Republican nominee for Arizona governor. The latest vote tally puts Lake nearly 20,000 votes ahead of her competitor, Karen Taylor Robeson. So let's take a look at the latest results. Lake now leads in every single county in Arizona. She'd already declared herself the winner Tuesday night and again yesterday while the results were still too close to be officially called. But she's tweeting tonight about it. She thinks the results took longer than they should have, but in this long tweet, she said in her words, Arizona's delivered a political earthquake in this election. And this means Lake will face Democrat Katie Hobbs in November. Hobbs easily won the Democratic nomination Tuesday night with more than 70% of the vote. There are still roughly 155,000 ballots left to be counted statewide. By the way, Karen Taylor Robeson has not yet conceded. Yes, of course she hasn't because maybe there's a way she can snatch it back from the jaws of a defeat. Anyway, Sandy Rios with you, and that's what's happening in Arizona. I hadn't even heard that, and 
Uh, of course, Carrie Lake had said that she was going to win, and then she didn't for some reason, and now she has. Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs uh, is from Arizona, and of course, he's the head of the. You're not still head of the Freedom Caucus. No, sorry. my term is. Uh, uh, I got termed out. Let's okay. Put it that way. I guess I have a bio that it still says that, but I didn't think it was right. Um, Congressman Biggs is, has distinguished himself a lot in the Congress, and he did earlier than that in the Arizona legislature, and he's just been a just a champion in Congress, one of my favorites, and I'm always happy when you spend some time with me, Congressman. Thanks, Sandy. All right, so Arizona. So um, now there have been uh, questions with ballots uh, the night of the election. There's all kinds of turmoil. What can you tell us about that? So um, it goes back to uh, uh, when the early ballots went out. Pinal County, which is one of the larger counties in Arizona, we only have 15 counties, but they sent out 60,000 plus ballots with the wrong um, uh, candidates in some areas on them. So that, and then the day of in that same county, in heavily Republican precincts, they only allocated a hundred ballots for Republicans to vote. A hundred? A hundred at each of those precincts. And then, then they had to go print and they brought back 50. And so, and that was at the closing of the, uh, of the election day. So you, you had people in line and then people that were leaving. Um, and so, uh, he was actually, uh, he resigned yesterday. He, meaning the guy in charge of yeah. that, Pinnell? Yeah, Pinal County Elections okay. of, uh, Director resigned. Yeah, but yesterday. how does that help? How can you unring that bell? You can't unring that bell, uh, and, it, and it's a, it's a huge problem. And in the meantime, as you as as we just heard, um, and this is accurate, there's well over a hundred thousand ballots that are still being counted, <laughs> and so um, Carrie Lake's uh, Carrie Lake's um, her totals, and 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 I anticipated this. This is what I was telling my folks is that. The, the the late break was going to go uh, the very conservative Republicans. Um, and that's what we saw at the election day as I was walking, working polls that day as well. You know what? I doesn't make sense. We went to electronic voting. I rem, I'm old enough to remember this because you could count things faster. It was machines. You know, people right. were slow. So that alone should tell us that something's wrong with this picture because now elections are taking longer and we're not sure and they can't declare a winner until you know a week later two weeks later a month later and so um you guys have been in the midst of this voter mess for a long time i watched the hearings when you had people testifying that were there counting ballot uh, counting on the night of the election so impressive such impressive people impassioned testimony um, so where are things now in terms of the mood in Arizona? I know you have terrible press there uh, who hate conservative Republicans. So well, do you think because of Kerry Lake's win that that tells you where Arizona is on this? Or that's, that's only a Republicans voting, though? Yeah, that's, that, but, but still, Sandy, what happened is Republicans outvoted the Democrats um, about 650,000-plus to 450,000. Oh, wow. So, okay. So you had a, a, a low voter turnout, probably about 27, 28%, but, but nonetheless, uh, Republicans are, are there. And I think election integrity is important. I think it's important to everybody. I think it's a 90% issue on both sides. And yet the leadership of that party, the Republican Party, says we need to move on. We don't want to talk about voter fraud. Whenever Kevin McCarthy's asked about it, he changes the subject. It is just bizarre. And Mitch McConnell's the same way. What? What are they thinking? I'll tell you. People are saying on the inside in Washington, they're not part of this party. They're not part of this movement. They're on the other side. 
That's that's yeah. that is correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're saying, uh, and and yet, our, our the base of the Republican Party, and and I think I think it's a dem- demographic. All demographics say you got to at least show an ID. Okay, let's make sure that you, the right person is voting, um, and. I, I think we should go back to single-day voting. In Ari- I do, too. Arizona, you've got four weeks of voting, and we can't get it right. We, we, we can't get it right. Go back to single-day voting. Go back to smaller precincts where you're, where you're having people and that live and work in the precinct. That, who know people who in the know precinct. know people, and they can count the yes. votes, and then, and then you tally them up. I mean, it, look, France still does uh, one single-day voting. Why can't we do that? I don't know. I will have to talk to the French about that. That's the one thing they do right now. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad to know that. Um, all right. So Carrie Lake is going to be the, well, no, she has to win the general election. Yeah. If she should win it, what is the lineup for the other state officers? And is there any possibility of cleaning, cleaning that up and changing election law? Well, what you saw is um, every, every America First MAGA President Trump endorsed candidate uh, at the state level, and then and then Blake Masters at the Senate won. All of them won, um, and and you saw. Um, oh, your Speaker of the House was the House. roundly defeated. The Rusty Rusty Bowers who testified in the J six hearing disgustingly. Yeah, out. Yeah. He's out. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So all of all of that all of that has been kind of uh, cleaned out. So let let me put it this way: the numbers are going to change slightly in favor of Republicans in the state legislature, for instance, but the but the conservatism of the of those who get elected is going to it's be stronger. Is far stronger. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about D.C. now. Ugh, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as you look, do you expect that you're going to build the ranks of I say Freedom Caucus or to really concert really fighters? Are you going to you think you're going to have more help in Congress after this election is over with? Well, certainly, I think we're going to have more. You're going to have more Republicans. And that means that the pot, uh, the share of the pie that are true hard-charging Republican conservatives will also increase, in my opinion. Um, we, we've had some good wins around the country yes. um, for uh, people who want to join the Freedom Caucus, who I think really are, are, are going to be ready to come in and, and from day one be, be chargers and fighters. So, yeah, I think we will. Yeah, let me make it clear if I haven't already the, the million times I've said this. The Freedom Caucus are the true true patriots. They really are. I always look to see if a congressman belongs to the Freedom Caucus, and if they don't, then I don't know why. Why don't they? Uh, so, it's a, I don't. And so, uh, let's talk about what's happening in D.C., because do you think, you know, it is true that you're the minority party, Nancy Pelosi's the speaker, Lord help you all, uh, but do you feel like you've been able to accomplish anything? Is it true that you can't accomplish anything? That's what we're told. Um. I feel that we have missed what I call leverage opportunities. Um, and so it, it's really hard because they're the majority. They, won't, they will have eight witnesses. They'll let us bring in one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they run their pro-abortion or steal-the-gun uh, legislation, and we, we have to deal with all of that. But they also run what's called must-pass legislation. Sometimes it's the budget legislation or national defense or the farm bill. Why we should be leveraging those must-pass pieces of legislation, in my opinion, and say, and they can't get them passed without Republican votes typically, because there's going to be people un- unhappy on the left. Well, then why not leverage to, to to get our policies in there? 
And then uh, what Freedom Caucus did and what we've done, been doing and I continue to do is we hold off-campus hearings because we can't get our, our message out on campus. So we'll bring in witnesses from around the country to talk about these issues and try to publicize that. They, they thwart us in every way. They've, they've changed the rules. Uh, they've given us the J6 committee, which has basically bottled up so much uh, of yeah, energy. So That's just a nightmare. You know, Congressman, I've really been um, involved with the J6 prisoners in the D.C. I've interviewed mm -hmm. them from jail and got involved with their families. Some of them listen to this show. Um, I'm telling them, I'm, even mentioning it to you breaks my heart. Yes. You know, and then a guy, Refit, just got, what, seven years. Unbelievable. Seven years for, um, you know, he was recorded by his son in his home. His son reported him. That's how he got the seven years. He just said things that we might say in our home that we might not say on a mic. It's just so horrible. And I don't, the thing that I don't understand is why we can't get congressmen to get engaged in that. I know some have. Your thoughts about that? Can't we do something about this? Well, there's there's been probably ten or twelve of us that have been active trying to fight that, and I appreciate what you've done, Sandy, and that to, to try to elevate that. Um, I've I've tried to get see if we could get Merrick Garland to come in and answer to to that. We can't get him. We've we've written letters. Um, uh, you know, we we've tried to fight against the Bureau of Prisons, and we've it, there is something disadvantageous. In to such a degree, um, when you have only ten or twelve members of Congress that are that are fighting that, we're, so we become the minority of the minority, and and but this is so outrageously inhumane, it's unjust, and it's not it's not uh, the Republican ideals, and I mean little R Republican. I'm not talking about partisan stuff. This to to abuse our our system and our institutions for political purposes. That's what you're seeing. This is. This is Venezuela. This is this is China. This is China. This, this is, is Russia. Russia. This 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 is every tyranny you can imagine mm -hmm. is happening right here in, in America. And that's my panel, by the way, is, is the American Gulag. Oh, really? Oh, and that, cool. And, and that's what this is about. Um, okay, so then I'm going to go back to Leader McCarthy, and I I'm just I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted with Senate leadership. I'm disgusted with House leadership. I don't hide that. Um, will Kevin McCarthy? Will, must he be speaker? Is there any way uh, to stop that? Um, uh, if it were, Sandy, uh, I, I'm always candid with you. If the vote were held today, he would be the speaker. Um, it, you know, it, 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 will take, it would take something really dramatic for that not to happen. Well, we need to find that dramatic thing and make it happen. Yeah, because yeah. it's, a, it's a... All right, now, right now... You guys are working on budget reconciliation. Now that's different. The bill that uh, I'm sorry, I don't have the names in front of me, but the what bringing down inflation bill, whatever it's called, <laughs> ha ha ha. Uh, that boy, that's in the headlines right now. You've that's already out of the house, though. Um, right, it, we'll it, have to come back to you. Guys? It has to come back to the house. Okay. Um, yeah, the reduce Infl inflation act or something. Um, just what a what a laugh. But uh, it's a very dangerous bill. It's yeah. it's it's a tax and spend bill. And um, so it has $218 billion of new taxes. But it also has $80 billion for new IRS agents to go out. So you and I have been talking about this, the abuse of power. Uh, what do you think $80 billion for IRS agents and investigators is going to do? They're going to go after every American. 
And they're, they're using that, and they're claiming that that's going to turn in $120 billion. So they're going to set quotas for these agents and investigators to go and seize accounts and that type of thing. And people need to be aware that that's... that's and that's what Joe Manchin just signed off on. Right. And that means not, you know, it's not going to be like your neighbor who is a Democratic worker. It's going to be you. It's going to be more of a mom pop, people that listen to my show, regular yeah. people who love this country and are, and are loyal to it, who have people that went to J6. We're going to be the object of that. That That, that uh, is right. It's, yeah. I, I, I believe uh, that um, we saw this already when the IRS yeah. was, was chasing Lois Lerner, etc., and I, I think that that's what you're going to see again. And that's, that, that, that's just two things right off the top. And then, then you're going to dramatically increase spending. You're going to actually fuel inflation. And, um, and basically, uh, you're probably going to fuel the recession, too. You're going to shrink the, 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 the economy further. And as that happens, um, I, you know, I tweeted out yesterday, you, you can't tax and spend your way out of, in, uh, out of inflation. And someone said... Uh, yeah, you can. Uh, it, be- it, it becomes a depression, and and that is really what I'm afraid of this economic situation is going to go with this bill. This is a horrible bill. You add it to the spending that's been done in the last month out of the Congress, and you're sit- you're looking at, uh, you know, about about two trillion dollars again uh, uh, that we simply don't have, and uh, that devaluation of our currency is is. Uh, almost irredeemably uh, going to stoke the, 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 the inflation fire. It's, a just, it's all destruction all the yes. time. And why Joe Manchin, who's supposed to be Mr. Nice Guy from West Virginia, which we know better, he fools people all the time. It's, he's worse than, our, than the people that are outright leftists. But, um, but anyway, so we're stuck with that. It looks like you, that's going to, I understand it's going to pass. They're going to do like 50-50 in the, in the House, and they're going to bring in Kamala Harris to yeah, do the Senate, deciding yeah. vote. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. All right. Well, um, well. Now there's the music because we had so many more things to talk about. The reconciliation bill. Can you just give us a word yeah, about that? Yeah. This is this is really the reconciliation bill. Oh, it, it yes. is. All right. Yeah, they just give it a, a clever name. Oh yeah. I can't keep up with their clever names. It's kind of hard. But That's right. listen, I so appreciate your willingness to put yourself in that position. Thank you. I know it causes sleepless nights and heartburn, and you know it's just not. It's terrible. I don't even hardly, I don't even like to be in the downtown in D.C. anymore. It's just so dreadful and oppressive. Yes. And so the, those of you that are there all the time fighting uh, and under the, the rule of Nancy Pelosi is just horrific. And we pray that God will intervene and help all of us to turn this thing back. Amen. But meanwhile, God bless you. And Thank you, too. So nice you to too. see you. All right, Sandy Rios coming to you live from CPAC. We'll be right back. AFA is no longer dependent on Facebook or YouTube to live stream our original programming. As of now, American Family Radio shows like Today's Issues, The Court, Airing the Addisons, and The Hamilton Corner are streaming live on the AFA streaming app. Independent live streaming is the next step as we come out from among them and separate ourselves unto the Lord. Search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. 
We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A popular effort in social revisionism is happening where racism, which is better described in biblical terms as skin color-based partiality, is a crime of which only people of lighter skin color can be guilty. Let's be clear. Factions, divisions, and dissensions, including those based on skin color, are the fruit of the sinful flesh. The root cause of partiality is sin. Every person, regardless of the quantity of melanin in their skin, is capable of partiality. The only remedy for sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. We will visit the shepherd's fields in Bethlehem when we go to Israel in March of 2023. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. One of our stops along the way in Israel is to go to the shepherd's fields. This is the place where the shepherds were the night that the birth of our Savior was announced in Bethlehem or right around Bethlehem now. We don't know if we're looking at the actual uh, hill or not, but we are in the place that is described in the Bible. So it would have been right around where we are when we go to the shepherd's fields. That's just one of the stops on one of the days on our March 2023 trip to Israel. For all the information, go to the website twholyland.com, twholyland.com. Again, this is in March 2023. We hope you'll join us. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Historian Barbara Tuckman's account of how this month in 1914 was marked by military mobilizations and maneuvers that set the stage for World War I was called the Guns of August. Welcome to the Missiles of August. In recent days, the Chinese Communist Party has accompanied live fire exercises effectively blockading Taiwan with ballistic missiles sent over the island. These actions cap months of CCP preparations reportedly into transitioning China's home front from normal to war to achieve China's reunification by force with the mainland. To date, the Biden administration has ignored repeated appeals from those like our Committee on the Present Danger China to deter such Chinese aggression by dramatically increasing its risks and costs. Unfortunately, our inaction before this ominous August and in its course will not prevent a kinetic Sino-American conflict, but decrease the odds of our ultimate victory when it comes. This is Frank Evans. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Sandy Rios back with you, and here we are live at CPAC Dallas, and it's it's just it's hot, it's hot everywhere, and it's hot in Dallas for sure, uh, but of course not so hot as the politics in D.C. and around the country with the uh, the primaries happening. Uh, you may remember that last year I talked to Mike Collins, who was running for Congress. In Georgia, I think I've talked to him twice. I think I've interviewed you twice, Mike, and he won. So he's here to talk to me for a minute. Congratulations. Well, thank you. It was a uh, it was an interesting and hard primary, tough runoff, but uh, 
we came in first in both instances. So. Well, congratulations, Mike. Thank you. And now, you, I mean, that's you're in your district. That's probably a done deal. You're going to go to Congress, right? You don't have much opposition with the Democrats there. Well, I always say we do have a November race, but uh, but you're right. It is a a very heavily Republican district. We got redistricted. We were R15. And uh, now we're somewhere around R30. So, oh, well, okay. So you're going to go. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Are you excited or apprehensive? You know, I'm very excited. We were up there uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, just trying to get the lay of the land and see what was going on. And I told them I'd love to be up there next week. So you're a businessman, I remember. Very mm-hmm. successful businessman. And you see what's happening with spending, with these bills, with this, you know, bring down inflation bill that, you know, that's not the name of it, but that's what they call it. Um, what are you going to do about that, Mike? Well, I, you know, it, the obvious thing to do first is to get us back to energy independence. There's not a single person on this planet that they're in our country that doesn't use fuel. Right. And, uh, and, and that was the beginning of this inflation anyway, between that and giving away all the money up there. So it's just a double edge. You just you stop the spending that we have going on up there. And you've got that going right now with that reconciliation mess over there in the Senate. But you've got to stop spending. You've got to get us back to energy independence. And you have got to close that border down there on the south side. So, you, you and those are those are easy fixes, and, and they won't take that long. No, I know. It shouldn't. I mean, it's common sense, and we see. I mean, we're not that. It hasn't been that long since we had a president who completely turned around our economy with both hands tied behind his back, and all the opposition and hatred that he was getting, and made us energy independent. Business was booming. And it happened in a very, a very short order under Donald Trump. So we know it can happen again. He did. And if you <laughs> notice the three things you said, that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And and then, then you fast forward to Biden and he did a 180 degree turn mm-hmm. on all of that. So, I mean, yeah, it's common sense. And, and I think that you're going to see a huge group of people just like me that are America first, that are just hungry to go up there and, and, and get our country back on track. That's the only reason we're going. You're exactly right. I've had an incredible career. Uh, we've, we've been in the trucking. I'm second generation in the trucking industry. My wife and I started our own little trucking company 30-something years ago. We run over 100 trucks. And, and my sons now run a lot of that day-to-day operation. So, so now you can go. So, yeah. yeah, truckers. Oh, my goodness. Talk about the eye of the storm. The trucking industry. You know, it, it is amazing. Uh, when we got in this race, we wanted to do two, three things. You know, first, identify ourselves and, and make sure that people differentiated us from everybody else. And so it's funny how many people walk up and say, hey, you're the trucker. And uh, the second thing was, you know, we were going to outwork everybody. You weren't going to work any harder than what we do. And, and the third thing is we never changed our message. But but you're right, Sandy, that trucking and, and just how it has come to the forefront with the supply chain issues we've had for the past 12 months. I think people are really realizing just how important it is for our goods to move across this country. And I also think, well, I, I know this because I do, I've been in talk radio for so many years. I, truckers, um, my experience, they really are knowledgeable. Now I'm not saying all of them. But a lot of them are because they listen all the time. They're driving all these long hours and they're, they're taking in information. They call my show all the time. They're patriots, you know. Oh, they and are. so when COVID hit and, the, you know, the shutdowns, man, who were, who were the warriors in that? It was the yeah. truckers. I mean, they were other warriors, but they, they stand out to me. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a heads up and a salute to the truckers of, of America and Canada, too, for heaven's sake. Yeah. yeah. We, and, you know, it, it, we live in the most... We're, we are in the most regulated and taxed industry that there is out there. Really? And and you take the trucking industry just even in the past six months. 
of the new regulations that have come down. What are we, 80,000 drivers short or some astronomical I don't number? know. I don't know. And, and the Biden administration put a new regulation in in late February that makes it even harder for you to get your commercial driver's license. Of course. They think of everything, <laughs> don't they? They, they do. They think of everything. When they destroy, they do it all the way, man. Well, there's there's a group of us going, and uh, we'll be America First agenda, and we're gonna we're gonna get these taxes out of off of us, and we're gonna get these regulations rolled back. Mike, when you get to Congress, who do you see yourself aligning with? Who are your champions there? You know, um, I really don't have a personal favorite. Um, you know, I, I do align myself more in that Freedom Caucus group, uh, but I think we'll just we'll you know. We'll, we'll ride along and we'll see what's out there and who's out there. I'm, I'm sure most of them will give you an opinion if you ask them. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad to hear you say that because that tells me that you see what I know. What I know is deals are made before people get to Washington. Yeah. And then when you get to Washington, you have to uh, do what the people that you made the deals with want you to do. Yeah. And so I'm glad to hear that independence coming from you. I, my preference is Freedom Caucus. I think those are the greatest guys in Congress. So I hope you find your way with them and that you guys can just fight like crazy and we pull will. this country back. We will. Tell them all the time, just just hold the line because help, help is coming. We're on the way. <laughs> that reminds me of Dick Cheney. You probably don't remember this, but when, uh, when Clinton was president and Bah, George Bush and Cheney were running. They decimated the military. And there's this famous line where Dick Cheney, who I'm not a fan of Dick Cheney now, but I was a fan of him then. He goes, help is on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had the clip. Yeah. I know, so that's what you just said. I love yeah. it. You sound like that's the Winston Churchill remark. But um, tell me before you leave me here, uh, what's going on in Georgia? Because it sounds like it's kind of a mess. Uh I don't think it's a, as much of a mess as the news media wants to put on. Well, you know, we're, we're very fortunate in our situation. So we have decided to go out there and we're, we were actually actively campaigning for some other people. And, and we're looking across the country to get involved with some other good America First Agenda people. But uh, I was out knocking doors for Herschel Walker about uh, two, three weeks ago. And the excitement, the enthusiasm is there. I mean, he, he's a hero in Georgia. I want to tell you something about him. You know, I read this article that he lied about being in the FBI. That was the big thing they made. I want you to know my husband is a former FBI agent, and Herschel trained with his class at Quantico. I'm not saying Herschel was an FBI agent, but Bruce said he was a great guy. Yeah. And just put them all to shame. You know, they'd be doing all these, all these things, all these things they had to accomplish, and Herschel was just like, you know, made them all feel very weak and small. Well, the, the but he was a great guy. The enthusiasm is... is through the roof yeah and uh, he's going to beat warnock so we're going to get that senate seat back georgia's going to take two additional congressional seats back okay that's uh, great. so we've got a lot of good things going we, we we've done some good things with our elections we need to tighten them up a little more yeah by god i'd love to get rid of those stinking dominion machines go back to paper oh my gosh you're talking my language <laughs> keep in touch okay I will. we'll talk again and i, I, I wish you time. all the best okay Thank you. thanks for sitting down yes, with me ma'am. Here's the big guy. Do you know Matt? Uh, I've met him a couple times. <laughs> Matt. Thank oh, you, ma'am. Good to see you all. Oh, it's great to see you, Mike. Thank you so much, and congratulations. I look forward to seeing what you're going to do in Congress. Yes, ma'am. Hey, Matt, you know this guy, Mike Collins? He just won in Georgia? Yes, I Yeah. He's talking our language. But you have to sit down and talk to me on the mic. <laughs> Our, our listening audience is listening to your conversation from oh, a distance. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How are you, I'm Mitch glad I didn't Lab? say something bad about <laughs> me too. Dr. McCormick. Uh, me too. <laughs>
Oh, gosh, Matt is the chairman, of course, of the American Conservative Union, and also that, that that's the parent organization that sponsors this big event, uh, CPAC. And this is CPAC Dallas. Um, Matt, are you, are you – it's just – for the last couple of years, you've done two a, two a year in the United States. That's right. Right. So is that the new pattern? Two big national ones. I mean, I think uh, – I was talking to Steve Bannon. He was like – I thought when you went out into these states, it, they were these littler things. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Nothing's little in Texas, first of all. <laughs> and, no, the intent, you know, Sandy, you know the story because you did it with us, but they canceled us. They said, you'll kill people if we have another CPAC. After blaming us for CPAC, I thought we were going to go out of business from lawsuits, and then they said the next year you can't have it because you'll kill people because of the virus. And finally, we were just like, that's enough. Like, why are we continuing to go to hotels that don't want us, in yeah. states that don't want us? Right. And that's what's happening in America. Yes. Yeah, so so we are welcome here. It's just so free. I remember Orlando, what, a year ago, it, the year before last. Oh, that was, was rough, so too. It was so terrible. And it was the terrible. they treated us, it was awful. No, and they were making us wear masks. And yeah. By the way, the convention before us, no masks. Yeah. We show up, and all the local officials are like, with our little signs. Then the day after we were done, no masks in the hotel. Are you kidding Oh, me? yeah, it was all a fabricated um, way to... You know, go after us. One morning, the first morning I sat up there, uh, it was so early. You know, it's like, I was like there at 6 o'clock in the morning. And There's nobody around. These guards, they, they come to harass. Yes, Telling right. Bruce and I, who are alone in this huge <clears throat> hall, except for maybe some people at the other end, that we had to get our masks on. We're set, I, it was just terrible. So was, anyway. And I wore it because I didn't want President Trump to get canceled. And the reason why they were making us wear masks is they wanted a pretext to cancel his appearance. Remember, it was very controversial oh, to have yeah, him yeah. come back. After yeah. January 6th, yeah. um, people were saying, he needs to go away. CPAC needs to have different people focused uh, at the event. And we said, no, if he wants like, to come, <laughs> we are going to honor him. He did such a great job as president. But they, it was like everything's been thrown at that guy. I mean, it's like every banana peel in the road. It's like do everything to stop him. I know. I know that. And he's coming. He's going to be here tomorrow. Look, I'm proud right. of the fact that we stood by him. And he, now he continues to come. And I'm proud of the fact that we had Victor Orban speak. And we oh. took a lot of crap for that. You know, the Washington Post wrote a whole editorial about what a racist I am. And, you know, I just don't. I guess it's just the way it is, Sandy. What are we going to do? We're just going to keep speaking the truth. That's right. And uh, not letting them. It's unflappable. Because the truth, you know, it's so freeing. It, as you know, Matt, you are yeah. such a great example of yeah. that. We're not going to be bound up. No. We're not going to be bound up. They kind of took everything away. They took away the the kind of the dignity of life mm -hmm. and the fun and the mm -hmm. kind of like, I don't, I don't know, the special little touches of life. They've made everything so brutal and yucky and base. And if that's the way they want it to be, uh, okay, we'll play by those rules and we're going to beat them. And we're going to go right back at them as hard as they come back at us. Yeah. We're going to do it with grace, but we're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. And what I love about the people that come to CPAC is they are fired up to fight and take back this country. I know. And it's so nice to be with people who are kind and do oh, love yeah. their families. And have, oh, yeah. you know, it, it really is It's like a, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I agree. And, you, and your okay. panel was great. I hope you loved it. I did love yeah. it. Thank you for inviting me to talk. Well, no, I, did, I, I wasn't trying to fish for a compliment because uh, you deserve it because you're part of the CPAC family. But... You, the message is important, too. Like, we're at a critical point in this country, and I really think we're going to do the right things. And, I, look, I'm from Kansas, and people are, have the wrong impression of what happened in Kansas. Kansas's uh, proposition that was on the ballot was pre-Dobbs. So it was simply those types of uh, pro-life regulations you could have under Roe v. Wade. Unfortunately, in Kansas, a very pro-life state, and a lot of the pro-lifers were like, I want more. I want a heartbeat bill. I want to go further into like the second trimester 
uh, and make it harder to get an abortion. So, uh, you know, don't be discouraged by that result. I was, of course, discouraged that night. Mercy and I fought really hard for it, and CPAC was a contributor to the whole effort. But in the end, we're going to pass pro-life uh, laws in Kansas. You know, Matt, I just saw this morning. I don't know if you saw this, and I've just read it once. So, but basically, it was saying that they think there was. Um, they were messing with the ballots on that initiative. There are I people that are surprised. saying that now, and they're saying that uh, something that they've set up the. I'm sorry, I can't be more exact because I don't want to get it wrong, but somehow yeah. that they were allowing people to vote like 10 times per person. Now, I can't verify that. I just. But I read it from a good source. Well, we should chase that down. Yeah. And yeah. I will just say this the takeaway is Kansas has always been a pro life state. It'll be a pro life state. Yeah. Um, you know, we can't be cocky about it we have to make the case and um people could argue about this or that on that particular amendment but the fact is is this uh really the issue is people in kansas want to go further than just a, a ban on late-term abortions or taxpayer funding they want more and so uh look for more pro-life victories it's, it, it starts first with electing a pro-life governor and that's you know that's our next step we're almost out of time President Trump's coming tomorrow. What are the That's highlights? Because right. people can watch this at the, the highlights CPAC website, are, right? Yeah, they can go to conservative.org. By the way, they can still come here and buy a one-day ticket. There's, those okay. are still available. Okay. And we have a lot of people in the region who are doing that. Yeah. And, you know, I saw President Trump. He kind of has switched his stump speech. He's talking about specifically the crime problems, specifically the BLM attacks on cops, how the cities are breaking. So, you know, he has his golden oldies, but he's kind of shifting the focus to the chaos that the socialism is creating in our country. And I think that's what we're going to hear from him Saturday. So he'll be here tomorrow. And uh, just uh, Victor Orban, president of Hungary, he was just delightful. Amazing. We have Ted so Cruz today. We have so many great speakers. Yeah. It's, uh, it doesn't it's, end. I think it's covered on other networks, too. Uh, it is. Oh, uh, yeah. We have Real so America's Voice and other yes. places people can watch it. Yeah. And Newsmax yeah. kind of covers everything. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot of but places to go. There, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's a, a topic for another day. That's right. Matt Schlapp, chairman of the uh, American Conservative Union and the head of this whole thing. Uh, such a blessing to all of us, Matt. You've done such great work. So thank you for all of it. And thank you for being here, Sandy. My pleasure always. Okay. All right, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.